Oh. Excellent. This is the. Uh, oh. We had no flower on the top. It's an X flower. Excellent. This is the uh, last in the series of uh, the crossing the line that we've been doing tonight. Tonight, uh, this morning's uh, is the ability to authentically to, to live or to be authentically spiritual in real life. Just trips off the tongue, that. Um, so that's how do we live authentically as Christians? How do we get that right? And this is really the kind of culmination of pulling together of different threads for the last six sessions that. Uh, that I've been covering. Uh, so how do we do that? The ability to be authentically spiritual in real life, the forming of one body where each actually belongs to all the others is what we're about. And uh, there we go. Romans 12 verse 1 and 2 says this, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing and perfect will. This is the ability to live um, well before God, to live authentically before God. And here's a picture of Julie and I. Um, <laughs> We had this one taken earlier. <laughs> your, new, your new church pastors. <laughs> Those of you that are aware know that on our Facebook page you have a picture of Ken and Barbie on the front cover. Uh, and on that front cover it says, uh, no perfect people allowed. You know, sometimes we present or we feel we've got to present until the world pushes us to present this perfect image. But there's a, an absolute lack of authenticity about it. And as you can see from Ken and Barbie, don't they look like normal people? But when you were younger, <laughs> there's something scarily, I don't know, there's just something dead about the eyes. Um, the cold dead eyes of killers. <laughs> Ken and Barbie, with cold dead killers' eyes. <laughs> oh, welcome to Barnsley. Um, sometimes we feel compelled to try and be this, to try and present perfect. But the verses I've just read, I just want us to touch on this is, this is your true and proper worship. You know, the original, the, the Greek phrase for that effectively says this is the only logical, intelligent thing to do. So this, this being transformed in God is the only intelligent, the only intelligent, logical thing to do. The only intelligent, logical service is to be transformed become like Christ. That's a really powerful statement to make, isn't it? Shifting our minds from the fashionable passing culture to a Christ-centered kingdom culture is huge. And if we don't do that, we look like that. We end up being artificial. We can present something. We can present smoke and mirrors. But we want to be authentically Christian. I want to tell you that Ken and Barbie behind me are not authentic, even with their halos. They're not authentic. We've got to remember that living for Christ is primarily not about preaching clever words. It's about opening up life with God, a life of integrity and connection and with Christ. And out of that, we can speak. That's the essence of Christian living. And it, it, it looks like this. So I discovered this as well. This is a genuine ad I found online. 
it's your barbecue beauty Botox event. So you can go and have your Barbie Botoxing done. So anybody, any takers for that? Nobody? Yes, we've got a taker. We've got a taker for the Barbie Botox thing. Right, we'll arrange that. Um, Julie, you've got to arrange your Barbie Botox night, okay? That'll be really in keeping. Ken and Barbie have always thought, I can't believe that this is a real advert I stumbled on, and I went to the website and everything, and it's genuine. And you all get together and have Botox parties and wine. That is weird, isn't it? Ken and Barbie have always thought that church is a place for perfect people. Did you know that church is a place for perfect people? No, it is. Only perfect people go to church. People that think they're perfect go to church, don't they? So you all think you're perfect, don't you? No, I know that's the case because all my friends have always said to me, well, you think you're perfect, you go to church. So you all think that as well, don't you? We all know we're perfect, so we go to church. Everything is good. Ken and Barbie's life at church is good. Everything in their lives is perfect. We've seen their, their, their Facebook profiles. They're happy Christians in a perfect Christian world, aren't they? That's the life that we all live, isn't it? This is falling on deaf ears. I don't understand this. Even your problems are perfect because they make you like extra faithful, good Christian people. They make you martyrs for the church cause. That one, see, that one begins to find traction. Barbie Botox is a little bit scary. Ken and Barbie are living in the wrong, on the wrong edge of life. Behind the plastic is something artificial, something not real. Hope House, we're very keen to say no perfect people out. We want to be a home and a church that is authentic that says to people, you are welcome here. So nobody feels they have to turn up and be connected with church. Nobody needs to feel that when a, 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 somebody from Hope House is sharing the good news of Jesus Christ with them, that we're saying, hey, come to us because we're all perfect and you can be perfect too. What we're saying is we found a perfect Christ, a perfect saviour, and we're acceptable to him. But he doesn't just leave us where we are. He grows us and transforms us and changes us. And that is a welcome to anybody. And that's what we're going to talk about. Authentic living. Being authentic. Galatians 5.1. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Don't allow yourself to become plastic again. Um, in his book, Philip Yancey that wrote... Um, What's So Amazing About Grace? Anybody read What's So Amazing About Grace? And there's a story in that, and, and Philip Yancey uh, is walking down the street and he meets a prostitute and, and he shares the story of, of Jesus with her uh, and leads her to the Lord and he says very gently, you need to now find a church family that you can belong to. And she says, why would I want to do that? I already feel bad enough about my life. See, the church that should embrace and welcome her, she was afraid was plastic and artificial. So she didn't feel she could go there because it would make her feel even worse about herself. Rather than embracing it, it would make her feel difficult. Well, today we're going to look at God's call to authenticity. God's call to authenticity. Because, you gone too far, that one. You didn't see that. Blank that out of your minds. Blank it out of your minds. Today we're going to look at God's call to authenticity. When God's people call, uh, cease to respond to God's call to authenticity, the church turns into a social club. And Hope House must never be a social club. We must always be a church that goes into our community, that touches it, that loves it, that blesses it, that embraces and receives people. When we remember the amazing grace of God, 
that we've experienced, anything is possible. And these verses are so essential to our lives. These being set free, these being renewed by the transforming of your mind are so essential to being spirit-filled, born-again believers and disciples of Jesus that we're meant to be. We're meant to be different. Different in the way that we live. Different in the way that we act. The way that we think. But we're not meant to be plastic and artificial. But we are meant to not quite fit with the world. We're in it, but we're not of it. But that is a high call, isn't it? To live differently, to act differently, to think differently is a high call. And it's a tough call. But it's one that the Lord has placed on us as Christians. Our focus is meant to move from my will to God's will. Just imagine if you're Jesus and um, you're the saviour of the world and you're in the Garden of Gethsemane. And even Jesus says, not my will, but yours. Even Jesus. So how much more are we going to be the kind of people that say, not my will, but yours? Our focus is meant to move from us to him. Move to his good and perfect plans and purposes. Those verses say, be renewed by your mind, then you'll know his good, pleasing and perfect plans. We're not meant to be indistinguishable from unbelievers. So I just want to pose a question to you at the moment. If you're at work or with friends, do they know that you're different? Do they know that you're different? I don't mean weird, just different. There's a difference between being Christian weird and Christian different. It's also difficult when your wife's pointing at you, the husband, and going, he's Christian weird, I'm Christian different. I'm not going to mention that that was Gemma and Dean that were doing that. that. Oh, sorry. We get to be authentically us in God, whatever that looks like. I love that as Christians, you get to authentically be who you are. And so I'm going to say of Dean, Dean, you're not weird. Well, not completely. You are authentically who you are called to be in God. But you're not stationary, you're growing. We get to be different. And that is really unique and special, isn't it? You know, when Galatians says it is for freedom that Christ has set us free, stand firm then and do not let yourself be burned again by a yoke of slavery. Um, the Greek word, eleuthera, oh, come on, are you impressed? Eleuthera, yeah, I've got a dictionary. Eleuthera, the Greek word there, I mean, the, the set free, it's, been, it's, it's a word for liberty. Liberty from sin-controlled mind, from a sin-controlled thinking. Liberty from sin-controlled thinking. How amazing is that? We are set free. We have liberty from that. From our mind, this is the whole heart of our transformation. That verse links so completely with Romans. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Christ sets us free, and when we're set free in Christ, we're set free indeed. We are at liberty from artificial living. We're at liberty from all the things that force us and mould us and shape us and make us be something that is not naturally us. And naturally, we are supernaturally is. That's what we're designed to be. We're set free from plastic living. When we come to Christ, we're freed from the consequences and burden of our sin. How good is that? Right, put your hand up now. Be brave. If you've ever, I know some of, this, some of the, this won't fit for some of you. If you have ever sinned or done something wrong, put your hand up now. Now, astonishingly, there are people in the room who have not put their hands up. Come on, Eric. Everybody stare at Eric. 
His arms are so weighted by the burden, he can't lift them is what it is, isn't it? We all get it wrong, but we are not bound by that. We are set free. We are not held by that. We are not fixed or defined by that. We are defined by the freedom and liberty that we have in Christ. When we come to Christ, we are freed from the consequences of the burden of our sin. This is why our message has got to be one of hope. This is why our message, when we connect with people outside of this building, when we are sent into all the world, when we're sent into our workplace with our colleagues and our friends and our family, the people we meet on the street, our message is not one of condemnation or judgment, but one of freedom, of liberty, of transformation, of renewing of mind, of, of a fresh start, of being new creation. And that has got to be what we're about. We get to admit our sin and yet know that we're acceptable to God. Do you know how, do you, do you understand what a blessing it is to be able to acknowledge our own sin? To be, you know when scripture says, confess your sin, repent and believe, and all these kinds of phrases, do you know how good it is for us to confess that sin? Yeah. To be before God and acknowledge it. To acknowledge it in a place where we are secure, we are safe, we can be forgiven, we can be renewed, we can be transformed. Yeah where it can be dealt with, it is so good for us to face the artificial sin in our life because we were not created to sin. We were not created to be a mess. We were not created to be separated from God. We are created to be in relationship with Him. So to be able to stand before Him and release that, that doesn't put us in trouble. It's not like standing before an angry dad to be in trouble. It's coming before a loving father to be forgiven and transformed and received and accepted because he the the price has been paid in Christ so whatever you're carrying know that you are acceptable to God never think that you are so bad that you can't connect with God never think that the people you may meet in the street are so bad they can never be loved by the Lord they are loved absolutely authentically by God see the the thing that I love about um, being a Christian is that we are recovering sinners it's like we need Sinners Anonymous. Or when you come to church, Sinners No Longer Anonymous. It's Sinners out there in public. But Sinners. Sin- sin- what? Sin- Did I say Sinners? Sinners Anonymous. Oh, I meant Sinners. Sinners Anonymous. Sinners Anonymous where we can actually stand up and confess. And my name is Paul, and I'm a recovering sinner. My name is Paul, and I'm a child of God. It's a powerful thing to be able to do. I'm a recovering sinner. In fact, in a sense, I've been harsh in saying I'm a recovering sinner. I still sin, but I'm set free from that. I'm not trapped in it. I am set free. I am a child of God. And that is an important message that we, that we have, that we carry, that we belong that we're acceptable, that we're received, that we're wanted, that we're on a journey. We are being transformed by renewing of our minds, by everything we are is shifting, is changing. So I have a tendency still to sin. I know that's a shock to some of you. I'm a church pastor and sometimes I get things wrong. Just the other day, I, 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 I said darn and tarnation when I bumped my thumb. Darn and tarnation. And I've repented of it. Um, I've no idea if they're bad words originally. I don't think they are. Occasionally I do things wrong. 
because I am being transformed. I'm not there yet. The Lord has not returned. I'm not living in that, that kingdom body completely yet. I'm not in the wholeness of what Christ has done, but I'm on a journey to it. And what I do know is that when the Father God looks at us, he sees his perfect children. He sees his children set free. And then we can begin to live authentically in the knowledge and truth of that. So, hey, let's just be radical. Who would be brave enough to stand up? Let's pretend we're in a Sinners Anonymous room. Who would be brave enough to stand up in this room right now and say, my name is, and I'm a recovering sinner. My name is, and I'm a child of God. Anybody brave enough to do that? Brilliant. Come on. I didn't think anybody would do that. Thank you. Thank you. That's really quite powerful, isn't it? That is a wonderful, that's a beautiful prophetic proclamation of, of who we are in Christ. That is such a powerful message. Um, we probably ought to just stop there now and go do coffee. Because that was, thank you. I really thought, I thought Neil might. <laughs> We are free. We are free. We are recovering, but we are free and we are children of God. It's the foundation of our new way of living that we call faith. It's Jesus and Jesus alone that is the center of who we are. If I'm honest, there are parts of the Bible I struggle with and there are parts of life I struggle with. So I need to know that I can say, I am a recovering sinner, but I'm a child of God. See, in Jesus, Father God provided the way for you to be saved. Jesus came to give his life to pay the price for your salvation. Jesus came to restore your relationship with God. Jesus came to bring us from darkness into light. Jesus came to bring us from death to life. Jesus came to save us from death and hell. Jesus came to give us eternal life. Jesus came to transform our now. To transform our right now. You know, one of the hardest things as Christians to understand is that our right now moment has been transformed. Our right now moment. See, we talk about heaven one day. One day when I get to heaven, everything will be... You know what? I, oh. One of the things that excites me about our, is that we are saved now. We are being saved now. And Jesus encourages to say, your kingdom come. To grab hold of all that God has promised and bring it into our now circumstance, our now situation. So that I can stand up right now and say, I am a recovering sinner, but I am a child of God. So important to own what God has called us. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. 2 Peter 1.3, his divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Everything we need, not for when we get to heaven, but everything we need in our now situation. Our God is amazing. Our God is amazing. You see, what is authentic about our Christian life is understanding that we are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. 
God's special possession that we declare his praises, that we know we're called out of darkness into his wonderful light, knowing that that is who we are, our authentic selves, means that we can with all integrity and honesty say that I'm a recovering sinner, but I'm a child of God. You see, my sin life and the stuff I get wrong, the anger and the hurts I cause, the things I deceive, the things I pretend, the fakeness and the sin of my life, that's the plastic. That's inauthentic. That's not who I'm created to be. We are created to be something different. We're created to be authentically the people of God. A royal priesthood, a holy nation. These are hard things to grapple with. That's not just for, for me because I've got a microphone. That's, that's for you because you're a Christian. For those of us who have given our lives to the Lord in this room, that is who you are. We are transformed from being, my, from, from being me living to being a movement of people transformed. That's growth and that's fullness. It's no longer just about me. I get to be just about us. I get to be about all the things of God. How great is that? Our life expands and that's the authenticity of the Christian life. From me to movement is a transform, transforming of our minds. We start to become what we are authentically created to be. So the things we said were authentic over the last few weeks, number one, the ability to connect authentically, building trust. We don't think of ourselves more highly than we ought. This is life without an agenda. It's a purity of unconditional love for others. And the second thing we said is the ability to walk in truth. So we have real connections. We soberly judge and are aware of what we are ourselves. It's a place where we don't try to fix other people, but we start by pointing at Christ and living for Christ. The third thing we said is the ability to serve and to finish well. Our finishing place is finding unity together, equipping one another, sending people out, built up in Christ for works of service. This is that moment when we actually do this, this scripture thing where we spend time together, where we build one another up, where we fellowship over coffee and encourage one another, where we pray and minister and pastor one another, where we stir each other up and send each other out. The fourth thing we said is the ability to acknowledge and deal with challenges, knowing that life has challenges. We've just said we're recovering sinners. Life has challenges. Life has pressures. Life has demands that, that pressure us. But in Christ, he is sufficient. He has all that we need for living now. So we are transformed by the renewing of our minds. And last week, we said we had the ability to want growth. The ability to want to grow. Not to stand still, but to know that we're on a journey. To know that there's movement. This is us overcoming our fear and multiplying in depth and in number. You're not being afraid to say, get this, I know this is radical, not being afraid to say that we want a big church. Okay, three of us want to be in a big church. I want to be in a big church. I like small church. Why do I like small church? Because it's safe and I know everybody. But there needs to be a big church in this town. Big church meeting at Emmanuel, big church meeting at St. George's, big church meeting at Hope House, big church meeting at Gateway, big church meeting at Crossbow, whatever it might be, where the authentic, living, truthful word of Jesus Christ is proclaimed. There needs to be a big church. Because here's the deal, I've just worked something out. If there are 500 of us in this room, that's not big church. Because there are hundreds of thousands of people living in this area. We need big church because we need to see people saved and transformed and renewed, one into kingdom, into a relationship with Christ. You know what? It's not enough to say we're getting really deep spiritually. The challenge is to grow numerically. 
go into all the world and make disciples. You understand that's our commission. Thank you. This is our commission. This is our commission. And it's scary. But that is, that is the heart of God for us. That is the call over our lives. We're not called to maintain, but to have movement and momentum. Um, it's, it's a child learning to walk, and we fall down, but we get back up because we're being transformed. We're moving to, to maturity. At the back is a little boy now who was told he, he can't walk, and he fell over and just sat there and looked, looked a bit like his dad just sat there. Then you give his dad a guitar, and suddenly, ooh, anything can happen. Well, little Ben now walks. He learned to do that. He fell over lots of times. It was really funny watching his mum and dad setting him off. No, no, you can do it. Show Paul. No, no, show Paul. Mum. No, show Paul. That's not, that, that's not them hitting him, by the way. That's him falling over. Just for visitors, I didn't, they didn't keep hitting him. They kept setting him off. And he sees what? Isn't that amazing? But they stuck with him until he learned to walk. And now they're doing that. I wish he was just sat there. I wonder if God says, come on, come on, church, walk. Come on, walk, walk now. Oh, I wish they were just sat there. We're not called to maintain, but to multiply. We're not called to fix life, but to be fruitful in life. We're not called to wait for God to move, but to be God's movement. We are uniquely called not to blend in. We're made to make the difference. That is the call upon us. And I know this is like simplistic stuff that I'm winding these sessions up with, but it's so essential. The church just struggles with acknowledging this. And when I say the church, I mean the capital C church, wherever it may be, whatever form it may take. We wrestle with this truth that we are uniquely called not to blend in, but we are made to make the difference. And if what we are doing has stopped making a difference, then the way we carry the the one sole truth of Jesus Christ, which must never change, how we carry that into our community, how we share that story, our style, our approach, must be flexible. The only thing that can't be flexible is the truth of Jesus Christ. The Word of God has to remain absolutely solid and fixed. Presence of the Holy Spirit, the outpouring of His Spirit to empower us, to equip us to be His witnesses, must be maintained. But we've got to be people that understand we can't stand still. Got to make a difference in our town. If you're a Christian in your workplace, then the truth is that workplace should be better for you being there. There should be some light and truth in it, some integrity and honesty in it. It's the ability to authentically, to, to, ability to be authentically spiritual in real life. See, what we're not talking about is the ability to be spiritual in church. We're talking about the ability to be authentically spiritual in real life, in the office setting. Please do come tonight to our, our live lounge. It will be amazing because the conversations and interviews that we're doing about living as a Christian in a real setting. And I've got to tell you, tonight is going to be a massively real setting uh, where Christ is present. And Paul is going to be sharing that in an interview. That is going to be so good. So good. So let's ask some questions to bring this together, this, this series together. Um, let's ask, why not me? Why not me? The question is central to whether or not we will go through life standing back, watching and wishing, or will dare to participate in the God adventure of life. Why not me? It's such an important question. 
We look at all that God promises. We look at all that He says. We look at the promise of His Holy Spirit poured into our lives. Can we be brave enough to say, why not me? Why not me? Why shouldn't I receive the promises of God? Why shouldn't I be a child of God? Why shouldn't I be able to walk and be a witness for the Lord? Why shouldn't I be able to do that? Why shouldn't I be able to walk in faithfulness? Why shouldn't I be able to step out into the God adventure that Christians are called to have? Why not me? You know, when we we look at Jesus and ask, why not me, we become a prophetic voice of change and hope. The very moment we ask that question, when we stand up and say, why not me? We become authentic in faith. Our minds begin to be transformed. So this morning, I'm going to ask very, very simply for people to vulnerably say, why not me? Uh, So... If you've not been around the last few weeks, I'm hoping you're getting some sense out of this. This is like our conclusion sermon. Um, But why not me? Here's the most vulnerable place we can be asked to be. Our lives, our minds open and being transformed by God. But here's the remarkable thing. Jesus was vulnerable first. Jesus was open first. Jesus laid himself bare before us first. In John chapter 20, Jesus walks into a room after his resurrection And there's a guy there that we've always known as Doubting Thomas because he doubted the Lord was alive. And it's a deeply personal openness and vulnerable moment from Christ. And he he shows him his wounds. And he actually tells him to put his fingers there, to touch. How vulnerable is that of Christ? How open is that? Hope House Church, we can win over a doubting world, but we'll not win over a doubting world by judging it, not by impressing it with stage shows, the way we win over a doubt and world is through our vulnerability as people before Christ. Because out of that love that we've received, we can share that love and that vulnerability. So I'm blown away and thrilled that some people said, I'm a recovering sinner. I'm a child of God. Thank you so much for doing that. That was so vulnerable and so special. Can I ask the band to come back up onto stage, please? Because what I want us to understand is, being a tough church won't build a movement that is authentically God's. Vulnerability opens us, to, a, opens us to, to building the most powerful connections with people. Vulnerability allows, us, allows others to imagine standing with us. Vulnerability, when we grow, makes others brave enough to grow with us. And we want to be the kind of people that are vulnerable, that are authentic in our living. Not pretending, not plastic, not artificial. But what, we, what they see is what they get. They get a, genuinely heart, a genuine heart that is seeking to be like Christ. Authentic isn't perfect. I've, I've, got, a, I've got a really, really nice Yorkshire tweed jacket at home. It's like a bit typecast from Barnsley. And it's, it's, it says it, it's, I actually I ought to brought it. It's got a Union Jack in it, and it says, authentically Yorkshire. And then in tiny, tiny writing underneath it, do you know what it says? Designed in Yorkshire, made in China. <laughs> authentically, no. Our church life, our walk as Christians must not be authentically God. Made in sin and mess and doing whatever he wants when he wants to do it. Ignoring Jesus apart from Sunday morning for one hour. We have to be authentic to the Lord's. And so I, I want to close this time by very simply um, posing a question. Why, why not me? Why not me?
I just want you to be able to say that to yourself. Why not me? Uh, so that is my very simple question to close this kind of six-week series on living authentically. When we look at Jesus and ask, why not me? We become a prophetic voice of change and hope. We become authentic in faith and in the transformation of our minds. So whatever the sin, whatever the mess, whatever the barriers are that you feel, stop me, or stop you from standing up and saying, why not me, Lord? I just want to tell you those things are dealt with in Christ. Those things are dealt with at the cross. And there is nothing, there is no barrier. That veil is torn. There is no barrier between you and the Lord. There is no reason you cannot step into that transformation life. So if you're not a Christian this morning, I want to tell you there's no reason why you can't experience the love and knowledge and relationship that we have found in Jesus Christ and found with the Father. This morning, whatever your circumstance of life, whatever is facing you, whatever pressures, whatever failure, whatever successes, whatever challenges, whatever history, this morning you can have the courage to stand up and say, why not me? Why not me? Because that is the moment where we invite the Lord to begin to transform and renew our minds and our lives and our thinking. And we become a prophetic voice. You see, the really special thing is, It's almost the contrast between my former way of living and who I am now. What I was when I didn't know Christ and who I am now that brings the authenticity. It's the, the acknowledgement that I'm on a journey and not perfect yet. It's the acknowledgement that you're on a journey and not perfect yet. It's the acknowledgement that you are a disciple, effectively an apprentice Christian. An apprentice character of Christ so the fruitfulness of Christ's character, you're being apprenticed in. You're learning to experience love. You're learning to experience joy, peace, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. You're learning those characteristics of Christ. And so this morning, I'm just going to close in a, in a hopefully non-emotional way, but an honest way of integrity, of authenticity. And simply say to you, the things we've been talking about, the authentic way of living that we've looked at, this ability to step out of our zone and cross a line into a God zone, cross a line into the promises of God, that place where the Lord has called us to be, to live as a Christian voice, to live as a Christian witness, to be his people, to be his set-aside, chosen, anointed people, his royal priesthood, his holy nation, because that's what God calls us. I just encourage you to say, why not me this morning? So I'm going to pray, and then I'm back to the band who are going to sing. And I encourage you to, to, to make the prayer, why not me? Now, we had some people that had great courage earlier, and they stood up and said, I'm a sinner. I'm a child of God. Thank you so much. I found that really quite moving when they did that. Because they were proclaiming, I am on a journey. I am on a journey. And I'm learning to grow the fruit of the Spirit. Church, when I finish praying, the band begins to sing. If you want to say, why not me? I want to encourage you to just come and make a, a public commitment that says, why not me? And just to stand, be vulnerable, as Christ was vulnerable and said, hear the wounds. I just encourage you to come and stand at the front. We're not going to do a prayer and ministry time. But for some people, it's important to be able to publicly say, why not me? And to be vulnerable. It's a prophetic declaration to all of us. It's a word to every heart and every life in this room that says, I belong to the Lord. Why not me? Why not me? Why can't my mind be transformed? Why can't my life be renewed? Well, it can. 
So, Father, we pray that in this room right now there will be lives that have been transformed. That, Lord, each of us will give our lives to you and would say, why not me? Lord, there will be no, no soul in this room that has experienced so much loss or so much pain or made so many mistakes that they are beyond your love. Lord, every person in this room can know that they are loved by you, that they are precious to you. And so, Lord, we pray that for the hearts and lives in this room now, that we would have the courage to say, why not me? Lord, would you take us into authentic living? Lord, we're not perfect, but we want to be authentic. We don't want to be plastic. We want to be real and spiritual and filled with you. We want to be empowered by your Holy Spirit. We don't want to be smoke and mirrors and false. We want to be authentically followers of Jesus Christ. And every word you've written, every word you've left us, we want to carry that in truth. So Lord, empower us, we pray, by your Spirit. And give us the courage, even now, even this morning, to say, why not me? Why not me? Pray you turn your face to us and bless us, Lord. Amen. So just as the band play, just ask if you want to kind of step into that and say, the why not me? Just encourage you to come and stand at the front. It's not a ministry time, it's a prophetic declaration time of us saying, Lord, why not me? Proclaim that truth prophetically over all of us. Encourage us all, encourage yourself in God that we can be his disciples. Amen. Where Jesus bled and died for me, I see.